Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I'm Sabrina Steerwalt, and I'm Everyday Einstein, bringing you quick and dirty tips to help you make sense of science. With the inauguration of the 45th president of the United States this past weekend, and the dissenting marches that followed, there's one type of science that is dominating the news cycle, and that's crowd science, or the science behind estimating the number of people in a large crowd. Crowd scientists can have a range of expertise, including census work, remote sensing, geospatial analysis, and even cartography, all of which can help with the daunting task of crowd counting. Some reports quoted the inaugural attendance as low as 250,000 people, but the president himself said, quote, it looked like a million, a million and a half people, end quote. 24 hours later, estimates for attendees of the Women's March on Washington were consistently larger, although ranged from 500,000 to a million people. So who is right? How do crowd scientists estimate the number of people at these large events, and why don't they agree? Before we get into the details of crowd science, we'd like to recommend a science show from our friends at PRX. Hosted by astronomer Dr. Michelle Thaller, Orbital Path takes a look at the big questions of the cosmos and what the answers can reveal about life here on Earth. Total eclipses of the sun only last a couple of minutes. And people travel thousands of miles, spend thousands of dollars to try to get out to see them. Why would you go that far just to see the sky go dark for a couple of minutes? Find out in the Orbital Path episode called Chasing an Eclipse at orbital.prx.org, on iTunes, or wherever you listen to podcasts. So what methods are used for crowd counting? The most common method for estimating the number of people in a large crowd, known as Jacob's method, is actually pretty straightforward. The technique is named after Herbert Jacobs, a professor of journalism at UC Berkeley, who came up with it while trying to estimate the size of the Vietnam War protests outside his office window in the 1960s. Jacobs noticed that the ground outside was gridded, so he could carefully count how many protesters were in one square on the grid— and then multiply by the number of squares. Thus, crowds in spaces like the National Mall that are laid out in a natural grid-like pattern can be easier to tally. If a rally space is not so conveniently gridded, knowing the total area, along with the density of the crowd, is also sufficient. The most tightly packed crowd, known officially as, quote, mosh pit density, has one person per every two and a half square feet. This is the sort of crowd where, if you were able to pick your feet up off the ground, you'd be so squished by those around you that you'd probably stay upright just fine. This density of people is considered a strict upper limit. Any crowd counts that allot less space per person are not considered physically possible. 
A more breathable crowd puts one person per every four and a half square feet, which still places you elbow to elbow with your neighbors. A light crowd may have one person per every 10 square feet. Thus, breaking up the landscape into higher versus lower crowd density chunks and then multiplying by the relative areas can give estimates of crowd size usually within 10 to 20 percent of the actual number. So why is crowd counting so challenging? Although the Jacobs method is fairly simple in principle, the choices made in the execution can lead to varying estimates. Estimations of where the boundaries are for high versus low density spots in the crowd, as well as just how densely packed that crowd is, can vary somewhat with different counts. For very large crowds, the boundaries can be difficult to estimate, or in other words, where rally-goers stop and non-attendees begin. The most accurate estimates tend to come from a combination of multidirectional aerial photography, either from satellites, helicopters, or balloons, showing the expanse of the crowd, along with photos taken from the ground, showing the density of people from up close. Some of these complications can be addressed by sophisticated computer algorithms that factor in details like sloped lawns that can give the illusion of more people than are actually present. Thanks to databases like Google Earth, such changes in terrain are fairly well mapped and thus can be properly taken into account. Such algorithms can also predict where crowds will be denser, like near jumbotron screens and closer to central stages. In the winter, rally attendees tend to crowd in areas buffered from the wind, while in the summer, they cluster together in the shade. Another, more meticulous method involves the painstaking task of individually counting attendees either in total or in smaller representative chunks to be multiplied. Amazon's Mechanical Turk, for example, essentially provides a database of computer-savvy users willing to work for a fee. Multiple counts can then be made from aerial images and then averaged, throwing out any outliers. Another method for crowd estimation that doesn't rely on aerial photography involves placing counters on the ground who note every person that passes a certain checkpoint. This method can help with moving crowds like marches, but also assumes every attendee will pass through a certain location. Sometimes, crowd counters can look to how much trash was accumulated or how many porta-potties were used instead. Crowd estimators examining events in city centers like Washington, D.C. can also look at the number of metro trips taken as a way of making a ballpark estimate. For example, the D.C. metro reported that 570,557 trips were taken on the day of the presidential inauguration event on Friday, while over a million riders showed up to metro stations the following Saturday, the same day as the Women's March on Washington. Of course, not all attendees will take the metro, and not everyone on the metro was associated with the event, and so these numbers can really only serve as relative estimates. The biggest obstacle to getting an accurate estimate of crowd size, however, appears to be who is doing the counting. Organizers of any political rally, protest, or event will always have motivation to boost their numbers just as anyone trying to downplay the importance of an event will benefit from underestimating participation. For example, organizers of the Million Man March in D.C. in 1995 disagreed with the National Park Service attendance estimate of 400,000 people so strongly that they threatened to sue. 
Since then, the National Park Service has been banned by Congress from using taxpayer dollars to estimate crowd sizes. Other estimates put the crowd at the Million Man March at over 800,000 people. Even if the lowest estimates are true, 400,000 people was still 1.2% of the African-American population in the U.S. at the time, an incredibly impressive showing. So which crowd estimates should you believe? Counts vary as far as the recent events of the inauguration and the resistance marches the following day. The viewing angle from the inaugural days is also known to obscure gaps in the crowd, giving the appearance of a larger audience than the real count. Thus, overhead pictures of the crowd are far more accurate. However, airspace is closed during the inauguration, meaning there are only a few official aerial photographs to work with. As is often the case in science, when an exact count is difficult, it is best to take the average of multiple measurements. Marcel Altenberg and Keith Still, two crowd scientists from the Manchester Metropolitan University in Britain, tallied the attendees at the inauguration and came up with a similar estimate to that from Steve Doig, a census expert from Arizona State University. They found that three times more people attended the Women's March on Saturday as attended the inauguration on Friday. The Digital Design and Imaging Service, a Virginia-based company, plans to estimate the number of attendees at the Women's March on Washington and claims they can determine a count within an accuracy of 10%. They employed a tethered aerostat, a fancy name for a weather balloon that is tied down with a nine-lens camera allowing for 360-degree view of the crowd. They are working to count individual heads in every photograph, which may prove the most accurate way to count the numerous children on shoulders, tree climbers, and people in wheelchairs that otherwise might get lost in rougher estimates. Their results are still pending. Until next time, this is Sabrina Steerwalt with Everyday Einstein's Quick and Dirty Tips for Helping You Make Sense of Science. You can become a fan of Everyday Einstein on Facebook or follow me on Twitter where I'm at QDT Einstein. If you have a question that you'd like to see on a future episode, send me an email at everydayeinstein at quickanddirtytips.com. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.